0: listening to the Tune In Talk podcast episode 2 interview with animation jack of all trades scott Krishansava. sava hello and welcome to the tune in talk podcast your rendezvous for animation interviews brought to you by fanboy nation i am your host whitney grace and i just want Thank you for listening to episode two. If you have followed me over from the animation interviews podcast with the Rotoscopers, you are going to enjoy the same good quality and even a bit better. But if you're just tuning in to Tune and Talk for the first time, well, you're up for a big, exciting adventure with me as I head out into the wilds and find people with interesting story to tell straight from the animation industry. Before we get into a little bit more background information about our special guest today, Scott Christian Salva, let's take care of a few housekeeping things. First off, for the past few weeks, I have been steadily working on a website specifically for TuneIn Talk, and it is more or less complete. If you go to www.tuneintalk.com, you will see the official website for the podcast. Yay! And my favorite thing about my new website is the logo designed by Nabeth Diaz? Nabeth Diaz is just as big an animation geek as me, and she channels that through her work as a graphic designer. And my favorite thing about this logo she designed are those little microphones that you see playing around on the logo. They are so cute, they're fun, and they are now officially the mascot for Tune and Talk. If you are interested in hiring Nabeth, which I strongly encourage you to do for your own graphic design needs, I will include her contact information in the show notes. Also on the website, I create a contact form for you to be able to email me. The official email for the Tune and Talk podcast is tuneandtalk at gmail.com. But you can also click on the contact link on the website, and that will take you to a form you can fill out, and that will come straight to me. I've also created a Twitter account, and I'm working on a Facebook account, in which I'll talk about in future episodes. But the Twitter handle for the podcast is at Talk. And if you use either Twitter or the email, you will be able to reach me, and I would love to hear from you. What I want to hear is your questions, comments, guest suggestions. And one more thing, which is housekeeping number three. If you are a person, which I'm sure all my listeners are, and you have something that is related to animation, if you are a scriptwriter, if you are an animator, if you work at a studio, if you wrote a book on animation, if you have done basically anything with animation, and you want to promote it, talk about it, or say hello to the world. This is what this podcast is for. Well, I love talking to big names like I did in the last episode of Carlos Alazraki and Jim Cummings, but it's people who work behind the scenes or who you never get enough media exposure that have some of the best, m- amazing stories to tell. And that is what I want to share with you on the Tune In Talk podcast. So. Feel free to email me your suggestions or to ask to be a guest on the Tune Tune and Talk podcast and I'll review all suggestions sent to me. Now for the last bit of housekeeping, which is exciting for me and all my listeners. Ever since I was a little kid, I have literally been researching and retaining as many facts about animation as I possibly can because I just love learning and experiencing the animation medium. And finally, after so many years, I finally get to turn my knowledge into a tangible product. I have been contracted by a publisher to write a book about the first. The movie is called The Adventures of Prince Ahmed and it was animated by Lotta Reiniger. You heard that right, ladies and gentlemen. The first animated movie ever was made and directed by a German woman named Lotta Reiniger, and this took place 11 years before Walt Disney made Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I will be filling you in on developments with the book, with the publisher, and my research as I write this book on this amazing woman and her career. So enough with housekeeping. Let's discuss who we are going to be listening to today. Today's guest for episode two is Scott Christian Salva. And earlier I referred to Scott as a jack of all trades when it comes to animation. And really, it should be he's a jack of all trades when it comes to entertainment. Because if there's something he wants to do, if there's something he wants to create, he just learns about it and he goes out and do it. And it's that fearless spirit which has led him to be successful with his Blue Dream Studio with his webcomic called the dreamland chronicles through his comic the dreamland chronicles is how i first encountered him i found the dreamland chronicles years and years ago and what makes it different from other webcomics out there is that it's totally rendered using a 3d digital software and it's extremely well done just as the story is but as i followed scott christian salvo over the years I was reading his blog that goes along with the comics and I I came to learn Scott was not a novice when it came to animation. With Blue Dream Studios he has worked with many clients by creating feature animation for them. These include Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, Marvel, Disney, Hasbro, Lucasfilm, Universal, 20th Century Fox, DC, and Sony, and Paramount. That's a really big and a really impressive client list. And using this experience that he has racked up working for these impressive, impressive clients, Scott has decided to set out and venture forth on his own with his own animated feature called Animal Crackers. And no, Scott is not doing this alone. He has assembled this awesome team of animators, voice actors, and other talented people that I am just blown over with excitement to see what the final product Animal Crackers will be. And rather than having me tell you more about this feature film and Scott's background, listen to it in his own words. a wonderful guest with me today, ladies and gentlemen. His name is Scott Christian Sava. If you have been reading webcomics at all, you probably recognize him as the author of the Dreamland Chronicles. And if you've also been paying attention to the animation community, you might recognize him for the creator of a little-known trailer that is really funny called Animal Crackers. Mr. Sava, can you please tell us a little about who you are and your professional career?
1: Yeah, sure. It's nice to be here. Uh, My name is Scott and Um, I am, I don't even know how to categorize myself, I guess I'll just say a storyteller at this point, Um, but uh, I have a series of um, books called The Dreamland Chronicles, which is also um, updated daily uh, at thedreamlandchronicles.com. I've done a bunch of uh, kids' graphic novels, uh, some of which are being turned into feature films, and uh, recently we began production on my first independently produced animated film called Animal Crackers based on one of my books.
0: Wow. Um what two graphic novels be- other ha- were turned into feature films?
1: Well I've sold a few, but um actually um the uh, well I actually I think you're gonna be the first person ever to hear this. All right. So um but uh we we uh just got um Word I don't I probably shouldn't name the studio yet because they haven't announced it. But the luckiest boy, uh, which is a book I wrote back in um, I don't know maybe 2010 2011, um, uh, the luckiest boy I uh, got uh, was just um, put into production awesome. uh, as an animated feature film. So hopefully hopefully the studio will announce it soon and uh, there'll be more information out there. But this is the first time anybody else has heard about it. So there you go. My father uh, saw in like a want ad uh, in the newspaper for um, Sega of America was looking for interns, and uh, you know this is this was 1990, so there was not a lot of people with computers back then, and uh, um, he he said, you know, well, you know, you're an artist, why don't you go see if you can learn how to do animation? So I went and I tried out and I got the job, and uh, and I worked on. Um, uh, Sega Genesis games like, uh, Kid Chameleon, uh, and Dick Tracy. And, um, uh, from there I got into video games and then went to go work in coin uh, I got to do, uh, Primal Rage, um, Area 51. And, uh, then I, meanwhile, my, my, we'll say my night job was trying to get a job doing comic books. Cause that was my first love and I got a, uh, a gig doing the covers for Star Trek Deep Space Nine for Malibu Comics, which turned into a job offer. So my wife and I moved down to Los Angeles where we uh, both worked for Malibu Comics for a while. And then they got bought out by Marvel Comics. And I took a job uh, interning, well, not interning, but I, I tried out for a job working on the first Casper movies, or the second Casper movie. And, uh, and that, that essentially got me into animation And so I just essentially Self-taught myself and Through work and whatever And became an animator um, Over the years So it, 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 there was no training Nothing um, really that groundbreaking It was just um, I guess never being afraid To try and fail So I just kept trying different things And um, you know, next thing I know I'm writing and producing and directing My own animated feature film so, what
0: led you to decide to form your own studio called Blue Dream?
1: Blue Dream Studios uh, was back in 2000. I was doing a lot of work for Saban, um, which was doing uh, Power Rangers, um, and um, I was getting so much work at the time that I couldn't personally handle it all. But they wanted me to—they wanted me to—they wanted me to take on a lot of work, which I couldn't personally do. So I had to start farming work out and. Uh, to do that, we had to set up a, a company so we could pay people and, and whatnot. And I had a network of artists. I would just go on, go online to the different forums and um, look at people's work and offer them modeling, rigging, uh, animation work, depending on their skills. And work would come to me. I would farm it out to them, and I would do what I could, and they would do what they could. And We, were, we wound up, over the, the last several years, um, we wound up doing work for Aliens or Predator, for X Files, um, you know, stuff for Sony, Spider Man, bunch of stuff. We would just just get work. Work would come my way. I mean, I'm horrible at going out and getting work. This was just all just word of mouth. So, um, just work would come, and I would, you know, hire new people or work with the same people. And I still have people that I'm working with actually on the movie that I've been working with all this time. And uh, you know, you become friends and. Um you meet them, and we've got people from Taiwan and Germany and Spain and uh, Israel, Turkey. And it's just, just its its incredible, you know, just uh, it's a lot of fun.
0: You mentioned work, and I know you're doing animation and stuff, but what exactly are you doing for these shows? Like, what types of animation? Like, special effects?
1: No, it's mostly character animation with our specialty, so it would be... Um, we would do everything for TV commercials, TV shows. Um, sometimes we would handle whole episodes. Um, sometimes it would be uh, just modeling. Sometimes it would be modeling, rigging, animation. Sometimes it would be everything from writing to storyboarding to, to whatever. We would do pilot. Sometimes Disney or, or a Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network would come to us and say, we have a concept. Can you flesh this out and turn it into a pilot? Here's a budget. Um, other times it would be a video game company saying, you know, we need, you know, uh, 20 minutes of animation to fill in, uh, this X files, um, uh, you know, uh, video game. We need, uh, you know, um, cut sequences and they would give us the storyboards and the, you know, the voice work by uh, the actors and, uh, you know, we would go and do the rest. And so it just depended on, um, each situation, but, um, you know, I got pretty good at budgeting it and uh, making sure that everything stayed on schedule. And we never, we were never late, never over-budget. Um, you know, we always did top, top-notch works, which was great. Uh, but, you know, running an animation company takes someone, somebody who's also a salesman, too, who can go out and network and drum up more work. So after about seven or eight years, it became... You know, when all of your connections move on to other jobs and whatnot, you just, you know, if you're you're not promoting yourself, it becomes a uh, kind of a stagnant thing. And that's kind of where it led into me doing my own books and whatnot. And so that's how that transitioned.
0: Your biggest book is The Dreamland Chronicles. Pretend I have never read that. Persuade me to. (laughs) Um,
1: The Dreamland Chronicles... The Dreamland Chronicles uh, originally started from, I was introduced to uh, Winsor McKay's Little Nemo in Slumberland back in um, college, and uh, Little Nemo in Slumberland was a world-famous uh, cartoon strip back at the turn of, turn of well, I, I can't say turn of the century anymore, because uh, turn of the century could <laughs> actually mean uh, 2000, uh, back in like 1904. Uh, and uh, beautifully, beautifully illustrated uh, by Winsor McKay. Uh, It's a story about a a little boy uh, who would go to Slumberland and have adventures with the princess of Slumberland. And uh, I just had this this little Inception-like thought that um, was what happened when Nemo grew up. Did he fall in love with the princess? Did did he still see her? And uh, that little kernel of a thought turned just kind of, I guess, ruminated for uh, 10 or 15 years in my head until it was time to turn it into a story. And um, for the first, when I was originally writing the Dreamland Chronicles, um, the main character, Alexander, his name was Nemo, uh, because I was really just basing it off of uh, Little Nemo in Slumberland. And uh, then uh, my wife uh, was pregnant, and uh, we found out it was twins, and so um, I turned the story to to deal with twins and um, named the main characters uh, based on the middle names of what we were naming our boys. So Alexander and Daniel. So the story is about a boy, Alexander, who goes back to the land of his childhood dreams and uh, meets up with his childhood friends who are all grown up now as well. And um, the adventures that he has in this uh, land, magical land uh, called dreamland every night. So he puts on a magic necklace that lets him go back and, um, there's, there's stories of, uh, over the years, my boys, you know, have grown to like different things, uh, it, whether it be King Arthur or Egyptians or uh, Native Americans, uh, any of that kind of stuff. And so all of that wound its way into the story. Uh, and I've, you know, got some really fun you know Merlin and King Arthur and Excalibur stories in there. And so i just... Um, it's kind of as they say a kitchen sink of every fantasy story it's got rock giants and dwarves and elves and dragons and, and all sorts of stuff and and i love it it's it's a little world that i created for myself that i could play in and um it has rules and it has characters and um we've been working on it now for close to 12 years and i'll hopefully have it wrapped up uh in the next year the whole story
0: Since it is inspired by Little Nemo and Slumberland, have you ever had any problems with copyright or people saying that it's just a ripoff?
1: No, no. Um, I mean, it it is so far different uh, than uh, uh, Little Nemo. Um, I mean, there's as far as copyrights go, uh, you know, it's well, well within. um, What do you call it? uh, Fair use. Fair use. Thank you very much. Uh, it's well worth within that, but even if it wasn't, um, it's more an homage than anything else. Uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, none of the characters are the same. The stories aren't the same. It's just simply the fact of that one kernel of a thought of what happened when he goes back, if he ever went back. But, uh, you know, I, um, there's actually, I think IDW is making a, um, a new series of, uh, little Nemo and Slumberland and, uh, I saw some of, the, some of the art on Twitter and uh, spoke to the artist, and, man, it's just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I think pretty much everything I write is inspired by something else. It um, could be everything from Bugs Bunny to The Princess Bride to um, Speed Racer or whatever it is. But, um, you know, as, as creators, we are everything we do is influenced by things around us. Um, It's impossible for us to create anything original. Everything is an amalgamation of things we like, uh, things we want to emulate. And so um, I don't shy away from that. Um, I try to embrace it. And, you know, uh, I've always been very upfront about where my inspirations come from. Um, And uh, and I think that that helps because, you know, in the end... I think we're all just fans of, of you know, what inspires us, and you know, we want to play in that world as well. So you know, if, if you grew up reading Lord of the Rings or uh, Harry Potter and you want to become a professional and you want to write your own stuff, you're going to want to kind of play in that world too. And so it's, it's good for you to be inspired by those books um, or movies or TV shows or, or anything else. I think it's good that, that we take that and we, we uh, move on from there and we build on that.
0: Oh, I like that. <laughs> I should probably just uh, make a clip out of that and make that some sort of um, inspirational quote in somewhere on the internet. Oh, We're inspired okay. by what inspire others? Scott Christian Sava. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, thank you. You're
0: welcome. Um, dr- the Dreamland con- comics um, has been on hiatus for the past few months. I don't mind whatsoever because I know you're going to come back to it, but I'm very curious about what's going to happen next. Can you reveal any teeny tiny little plot
1: details? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I could tell you a little bit. I mean, I've been, I've put together uh, an animation blog on Tumblr and on Facebook, so I I do want to tell the story uh, about the making of Animal Crackers as it's happening. So, I, um, I'm hoping that it can become something to where people can follow along and experience this first-time movie making with me. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Um, but um, I wrote Animal Crackers. Uh, that was the last book I wrote for IDW. It never got published. And um, I mean, you can go to you can go to Amazon and look it up. Uh, but um, it, it was solicited but never published. But it's about a boy who goes to a circus and gets a box of magical animal crackers. So if he eats a lion, he becomes a lion. If he eats a, a giraffe, he becomes a giraffe. And uh, it was a cute little story uh, written for uh, elementary school students. You know, it's was very, very young. And um, I had... <sighs> This was probably about four years ago. I was, I was, I was just going through some tough times financially and business-wise and everything. And my buddy Kevin Grievous, who uh, he he created Underworld, um, and uh, and I, Frankenstein. He uh, he was telling me, he says, you know, with the studios buying all of your the books, and and they keep hiring writers to write the scripts, but nothing ever gets produced. Um, why don't you start writing your own scripts? And I said, well, I'm not a screenwriter. He goes, well, neither am I. And I said, you know, well, you've, you've written a couple movies. He goes, yeah, but I was a microbiologist before I became a screenwriter. He says, you just do it. So he got me to start writing screenplays. So I wrote one screenplay. I sent it into, uh, one of the studios that had, um, Bought one of my one of my books and uh, they liked it, but they said they're looking for something a little more like *Alvin and the Chipmunks*. So I said, "Oh, I've got a book called *Animal Crackers*. I'll turn that into a screenplay." So I did that, and six months later, I handed it over to them. They go, "Oh, this is just like *Alvin and the Chipmunks*." They said, "Yeah, that's what you asked for." They go, "Oh, we're not looking for anything like that anymore." You know, typical Hollywood. You know, the the winds changed, and they're not looking for that. So I had this script, and um, I met a producer um, about a year and a half ago. Uh, out here in Franklin, Tennessee, actually, who um, who had done a, a, an animated feature film recently, and uh, he said that they're looking for new stuff, and if I can put together an animated short to go with the script, um, that he thinks he can get a distribution deal. So I called the studio in Spain that I had been working with, and um, we put it together, and we showed it to them, and they loved it, and it turned out to be this, you know, really really great thing, and next thing you know we have financiers and we have um, a team and everything is coming together it was a lot of hard work and um i think i think the biggest thing and, and if you read the um the blog you'll you'll see is i had to stop being an artist and i had to stop waiting for someone to come and make this movie happen for me i had to become a producer which i'm an introvert i i mean i'm i'm happy in my home. I don't like to talk to people. I'm just not an, not an extroverted person, which is what a producer is. A producer has to talk a lot. And, uh, so I, I made an effort to essentially create a persona, uh, of, of, you know, what I, what I saw a producer, would be. And I started to practice talking like them and dressing like them. And I essentially created a a Hollywood persona for myself and, uh, went out and started doing that. And it worked. It, 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 I went out and I refused to let this movie not be made. And, and, uh, any obstacle that got in my way, I found a way around it. And, um, and here I am now a year and a half later and I have, um, Um, you know, film and production and we have a, you know, a team and, you know, uh, the film's bonded and we have insurance on it. We have, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're going out, we're signing our actors and, um, you know, it's just, it's amazing. It's, it's just, it's, it's an amazing thing, but it it did not happen, um, easily. It happened because I had to will it to happen. Um, it wasn't going to happen any other way. And, um, it was tough. It's you know it's tough to 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 be the um, the heartbeat of a film um, and and not have someone else that you can rely on. But at some point you just have to stop waiting for someone to come and rescue you or someone to come and offer you a job. At some point you have to be the person. I, I keep thinking of that scene. You ever watch Breaking Bad?
0: No, I've never seen it.
1: Okay, okay. Well, there there's a, there's a it's a transformational. It, story in the fact that he starts off as, as this school teacher who's got who, you know finds out he has cancer and he only has you know so much time to live and so desperately he's trying to find a way to provide for his family uh, before he dies and um, so he takes up making meth amphetamine you know but uh, there's a scene several seasons later later where he's now taking control of his life and the wife finds out that he's doing this, and um, she says, "You know what if these, what if these people come looking for you? what if they come to what if they come knocking on your door?" And he just says, "No, you don't understand. I'm the one that knocks. you know I'm the one that knocks on their door. Um, and I think there's that feeling that you have to take where you where you stop being the victim who's constantly." being turned down by Hollywood. And, you know, this is happening where you say, no, they're going to come to me. I'm going to do this, whether they, whether Hollywood wants me to or not. And that's been a lot of what I've had to kind of become is, um, not, not ruthless, but, you know, like in my own mind, I've, you know, I, I, have to, I have to say that, you know, this is, this is my destiny to, to handle, you know, and, and, um, you know, Hollywood. Hollywood can't dictate because Hollywood only wants to make big budget, 150 million dollar, Pixar, DreamWorks, Sony, um, you know, Blue Sky. There's only so many studios. There's only, you know, and they all have to be very cookie cutter, very by the book. And um, if they're not done a certain way, then it's just not viable. And that's all I ever heard. Because I'm looking at doing, you know, a, a lower budget film. Because I just want to just. Do it my way, and Hollywood doesn't let anybody do things their way. And, uh, and at some point, I just had to say no. I'm going to do it my way, and there's nothing they can say about it. And I just found a way to do it. And um, it's it, like I said, it's been trans—I <laughs> don't even know if that's the word—transformative. But um, you know, it, it, it's been life-changing by doing that, by 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 adopting that kind of thought process.
0: Well. I've taken some of that advice on my own when I've started doing my graphic novel, so it's nice to see that when you start taking the reins and control of your life, that stuff happens.
1: It's liberating and scary at the same time, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, but I'm doing it, and, um, and, I, and, and you, know, you wind up having to, it's almost like a mantra, you have to keep telling yourself i 'm doing this i 'm doing this you know because your your mind wants to wants to freak out or quit or or whatever, and you have to go no i 'm doing this, nothing's going to stop me um, but that being said um, with with every step of the way it's been it 's been a f- but um, so far victories uh, on, on every corner i mean we we have an amazing team um, We have uh, Tony Bancroft, who directed Mulan, lead animator on everything from Beauty and the Beast to The Lion King. Um, He's co-directing with me. Tony and I um, have been friends for a decade, and, uh, you know, he's just an amazing, amazing uh, talent and uh, and a great friend. And so he's he's co-directing with me. we have uh, Dean Laurie, who writes Arrested Development, Major Pain, uh, my wife and kids. Um, I met him, I don't know, about six years ago, and um, he's he's been one of, one of the he's, he's been the one who's been helping me with my writing. Um, uh, you know, I just I had met him because he came he was brought on to write uh, a Dreamland Chronicles movie, which never happened, and we kept in touch. And, um, he's been, for someone who's as busy as he is, he's always made time to help me out, answer my questions and uh, help me become a screenwriter. And so when this finally got greenlit, uh, you know, I, I asked him to come on board and it was great. And this, I actually just, um, two weeks ago, I got to spend a week with him as we, um, Polished up the final pass of the script. Um, he had spent eight weeks, you know, reworking my original script, and um, I learned so much. I mean, I'm sure you can understand um, someone who's never written a screenplay having a professional screenwriter um, sit down and rework your script, and then you spend four days eating, you know, red vines and uh, you know talking about something that you created. And it was just the most incredible thing. It was just, you know, such an incredible experience to just have someone dedicate that much time. And, you know, you you just keep thinking, oh, my God, I'm making a movie. I'm making a movie. We're actually sitting here talking about my movie. We're getting paid to do it, and we're making a movie, you know. And um, it was just really, really cool. Um, And then um, uh, we needed a character designer. And... um, I was you know, I was looking around and and and, and thinking about you know the, the, the character designs that I've worked with, but I really wanted to see if we can do something different. And uh, and then the, the thought occurred to me that you know there's movies that I really like. Why don't I look and see who did those? And so I went onto IMDb and I looked up Despicable Me, uh, Hotel Transylvania, um, you know, Monsters Inc., et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. And, uh, and I got a couple names from some of the different movies, and I Googled them, and, uh, and I found a couple blogs, and I contacted a couple of these character designers. Well, a couple days later, I got an email back from Carter Goodrich. Carter designed Finding Nemo, Monsters, Inc., Shrek, um, Despicable Me, The Croods. Uh, I mean, you name it. I mean, he is, you know, the best of the best. He loved, he loved the concept in the short, wanted to read the script. So I sent him the script. A few days later, he said, "I love the script even more. Um, I'd love to do this." And within a week, we had a contract and a, and a deal. And he came on, and I went out to LA, and I met with him. And he's the nicest guy in the world, on top of being one of the most talented individuals ever. Um, but his—I remember his um, his agent/slash lawyer um, told me. He said, I don't know why he's doing this. He could, he could be working on any movie for ten times as, you know, because my budget isn't, you know, a big budget film. And uh, I don't know why he's doing it, but, you know, I tried to talk him out of it, but he really wants to work on this movie. And I said, well, thank you. Um, and, and um, you know, that's – I look at it, I look at the team that we have, and I just go, I mean, this is this is the same team – Pixar would be happy with or, or DreamWorks would be happy with. And here we are, this little movie and we're actually making this happen. And, um, and now we're at the point too, where we're uh, talking to our actors. And again, we're getting huge, huge actors to come on board. I can't name any of them yet, but um, you know, I can't wait to announce it. I can't wait to be in the studio and videotaping. uh, um, You know, here I am with this actor and, you know, they're playing this role and, and letting you know, whoever's, whoever's reading the blog, follow along. And, you know, I just think it's going to be so fun, but yeah, this is moving forward. And it's just, uh, every day is it's, it's something new. It's a new challenge, but also, um, I keep, I keep having to remind myself I'm making a movie. I'm actually making a movie and, uh, and it's, it's just fun. It's really fun. Oh yeah.
0: I I can only imagine what's going through your head and oh my gosh, just you saying all this, I'm like, and you had this guy <laughs> and you had that guy. I'm like, wow. So I first learned about Animal Crackers on your website after I watched that little um, trailer you made. Yeah. Can you explain how that little trailer got made?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been working with um, the people at uh, Frame Over um, out in Spain for about seven years uh, seven. Well, probably maybe even close to a decade. Um, I had done a pilot back at, um, oh, man. Uh, well, it's been a long time ago. We did something for Nickelodeon, and uh, and I worked with, with uh, Jaime Maestro uh, uh, then, and he's just an incredible talent. Uh, two years ago, uh, we we uh, were asked by uh, Lakes, not Lakes, uh, Lionsgate, to do a um, an animated series uh, with Shaquille O'Neal called Hoop Fighter. And, uh, so I contacted them and we did it together and, and, it was a lot of fun. Um, when I made that decision to do the animated, uh, animated short for, uh, uh, animal crackers, I contacted, um, Jaime and I asked him, I said, can you guys do this? And they said, well, he said, well, what's your budget? I said, I don't have a budget. And, uh, I said, I need, you know, I need to, to put together a two minute short for free. And, uh, you know, and that's, that's a few hundred thousand dollars normally. And, um, initially he's just like, you know, we just, we just can't do that. And, uh, and then I put on my producer hat and I started telling him how great it was going to be, what a huge opportunity it was going to be. And, um, you know, I, I walked him through the paces and, um, somehow convinced him. and he said, yeah, okay, we'll do it. And, uh, from then we went and I, I started making calls to all of my other friends, Tony came on, he helped with uh, some of the directing. Um, You know, we had uh, my friend Tim Hodge helped me out. Uh, Tim Hodge was the head of story for Mulan. Uh, He helped me out on uh, storyboards and story. Uh, My friend uh, Jamie Thomason, who's one of the premier voice casting and directing uh, uh, people in Hollywood, he went out and he brought on... um, James Arnold Taylor, who's the voice of uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi in Clone Wars, and Tara Strong from um, My Little Pony and several other things. Um, And they did the voices, and um, we just essentially took leftover characters and pieces and whipped it together in six weeks. Um, I mean, it's really, really rough. That's why it's just called a proof of concept. It's not a finished thing. Um, I threw some Danny Elfman music on in the background (laughs) and we just, we just, and, and it was funny because Jamie was saying, we can't put this out. We can't show this to anybody. You only get one chance to show this to people. We can't, you know, it's, it's not, it's halfway there. And I said, yeah, but everybody's doing this for free. We can't ask for more. Um, people put a lot of time into this that they, you know, again, for free. So we just, and, and we went for it and we showed it to the, um, uh, the producer, uh, and they loved it, and you know, so we we everything went great after that. But it was it was really by the skin of our teeth. It was just slapped together, and none of us are. I, when I say none of us are happy with what what the outcome is, it's it's both. Um, I mean, it's, it's it's very true. You know, I mean, every every shot, there's something wrong. It's not what we imagined, etc. etc. But. The animators did such a good job. That's all first-pass animation. We really got no, no chance to direct anything because it was, okay, we'll animate it once, and that's it. And um, we weren't able to give any notes. So I'm sure you can understand if you were um, me you know, or Tony, you know, we're looking at it going, okay, but this should be more funny because this should happen. They're going, great. So when we make the movie, we'll do that. But for now, this is all you get. And, uh, so there's that feeling of, oh God, it could have been so much better, but they did such a good job with their first best animation because the people in Spain are so talented that it works and it works great, you know? And, and, uh, that's, that's, I think the hardest, hardest part about, um, animation, especially, uh, you know, up at a higher level is learning to let go. Um, you know, I hear stories about Pixar and how they'll, they'll spend, you know, two years or three years on storyboards, um, just to get everything just perfect, and um, and I think I think that's fantastic because they're Pixar. But I think for the rest of us, you know, we have to look at the level of talent that we have and know that you know what, first, second, maybe third pass is good enough because the talent that we have, we're starting off already at a higher caliber, and um, you got to let go at some point and just keep going. And um, nothing's ever going to be absolutely perfect. Uh, And and, um, that's definitely going to be the case for the film. You know, we're not looking to make a Pixar film. We're just looking to make a really, really, really good film. Not a perfect film. But uh, I think think it'll work.
0: I think it will, too, especially the creative team you have behind you. When you started working on Animal Crackers and you started showing it to them, did they all meet you with the same enthusiasm that you had for it, or did you have to persuade them a little bit more, like with Jaime and animating it?
1: Um, Yeah, you know, anytime you're asking someone to put hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of work into something for free, you have to do a little bit of convincing. Um, It's just, you know, it's not that Jaime wasn't excited so much as he had to... You know, the, the people at Frame Over had to pay um, everybody's salaries. And um, so people were working, you know, on SPAG. People were working, you know, in between other jobs. and it, You know, and again, I mean, it was just, it was really, really, so we had no character design. So we just kind of slapped together based on a character that they already had. They just threw some blue hair on them. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, it was really, really, um, he was excited But it was, I was asking a lot. I was, you know, really kind of pushing the friendship uh, there. Um, I I remember the script that I wrote for it was more of a trailer. And he goes, No, can't do it. And he says, You get one character in a room. That's what you're going to get. And I said, I, I, I can't like, tell the whole story with one character. And we went back and forth. I kept writing, you know, because I had these chase scenes and I had this and that and the villain. And, you know, because I'm trying to, like, this is the story. This is it. And, and so, you yeah, know, that's when he showed me the, uh, the teaser for The Incredibles, which was just Mr. Incredible trying to get his belt on, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and he goes, just do that. And I went, Okay. And I still was like, you know, it still wound up being one guy in a room and also a hippopotamus, a giraffe and a daughter. But, you know, they they uh let me have that little bit. But it worked. It but it was it's that and, and I think it's that kind of relationship that you want to have with people that, that they can they can tell you no, they can say, you know, we can do this smarter and um you know and, 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 and I think everybody I've worked with, everybody I am working with knows me enough to know that while it's my project, and of course I have final say on everything, that's not how I work. I, I you know, like Tony's on board because he's Tony. Uh, uh, Carter's on board because he's Carter. I've got Mike Kunkel as head of story. I've got Dean as co-writer. You know, I'm not, I'm not bringing them on so I could tell them what to do. I'm bringing them on so they can tell me what to do. And um, you know, it's 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 that kind of relationship. I'm I'm just I have to be. The, the person with the focus, you know, I have to keep my, my eye on the schedule and budget and everything else, but also the story. And, you know, well, we'll have disagreements, I know we're going to have disagreements, but it's not ego. It's just, uh, you know, hopefully ever so far, so far, and it's been a few months now, so far, all the disagreements have just been, I don't think this is working. Really? I kind of like this. No, I think it could be better. And then we make it better. We go, oh, that's much better. That's the extent of the disagreement. Because everybody just wants to make whatever it is that we're doing better. Um, so if that's, if that's the extent of it, I'm, I'm going to be thrilled.
0: So it's kind of like Animation Avengers Assemble.
1: Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. But the Avengers argued about everything. They fought and everything. Yeah, it, it's it, it, it's probably closer to the Wonder Twins than anything else. I mean, we're we're getting along every in, in every way. But uh, it's going to be fantastic. It's just I, I'm trying to appreciate every milestone, every moment, um, and I'm trying to record it. I've got a list of events that you know I'm I'm trying to write you know, at least maybe one event. Uh, um, you know, a week if I can, where I just talk about just different things that that have happened over the you know over the time, and then as stuff starts to to progress, and I can start showing production art, and um, you know, yeah, every time I go out to LA, hopefully I have another story or whatnot. But um, it's it's just I want to I want to capture it. You know I just want to capture every feeling and every emotion and and uh, every event as it goes because it's. It's, um,
0: it's huge. You know, at least for me it is. Well, it would be huge for anyone. (laughs) Um, Um, so Animal Crackers' tale is about a little boy at a circus who discovers a box of animal crackers that he eats turns into the animals. The trailer is about a guy who finds said box of animal crackers in his garage years later. I don't know why he eats them, though, because you'd think they'd be really, really old and gross?
1: Yeah, well, it, the trailer is not necessarily part of it. it's not not canon. Um, the, the the movie is about a uh, uh, a guy his name is Owen who inherits a circus that comes with a box of magical animal crackers, and um, the animal crackers is the secret to um, his his deceased uh, uncle Buffalo Bob and his magical his, his animal circus. So that was the secret was Buffalo Bob was. The bear that was playing the piano. Buffalo Bob was the tap dancing elephant, and Buffalo Bob was the, um, you know, uh, violin playing uh, raccoon. Whoever, you know, whatever. But you know, the thing is, is that this was this is the secret, and so he inherits this and discovers. Okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. And that's the, the kickoff for the movie is, um, you know, he has, a, he has a life. Does he want to become a part of the circus? Does he want to do this? Meanwhile, we have an antagonist who wants to get those animal crackers. And, you know, it's a very, very cute, very fun little movie with a you know, very simple hook.
0: I have a question about the box of animal crackers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So does the box ever get empty or does he make no. them?
1: It, it, it regenerates. And then when you when you eat when you eat a when you eat an animal, a little human cookie comes out. <laughs> and so to get to turn back, you become you you have to eat the human cookie. So could you? And without without giving too much away, you don't want to lose the human cookie. No,
0: could you turn into a different human with the animal cracker box, or is it always you?
1: I I would think that that would be um, it's, it's it's not um, it's not. Researched in um, in the film, but uh, thinking about the um, the logic of it, uh, if if you ate an animal cracker and I ate animal cracker, there would be two different uh, cookies, uh, human cookies in there. If I ate your human cookie and you ate my human cookie, I would think we would look like each other.
0: Oh, I'm gonna do that now. So I'm <laughs> gonna start taking over the the um, producer and whatever all, world, and you can um come do the podcast hosting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. If, hey, it sounds like fun, you know. I mean, and, and, and you know, the whole point is is to leave stuff for the second, leave stuff for the second movies and what
0: Oh. Do we know who made the animal cracker box, or is it just magic and it appears?
1: Well, right now we just, you know, it comes from um, from gypsies, you know, and, and you know, somewhere, somewhere in the you know the east. But uh, you know, we, we right now we try not to get too much into the magic of it. Yeah. Again, something we can always we can always focus on in the second movie, um, God willing, we get to do one. But you know, it's it's uh, you know you can get bogged down with the mechanics of yeah. things. Yeah. So there's actually a line where you know one of the characters says, you know, like how does it goes? You know, uh, you know, nuclear waste, magic, this, that, what? You know, just a whole bunch of just different tropes you know who cares it works you know and and um i think that that's a that's a fine way to do it you know unlike dreamland where i try to you know over close to two thousand pages i try to explain everything you know And this particular one is just a fun story let's not get bogged down with the mechanics so everything hopefully works well logically it's just you know you can you can you know this is not back to the future where we have to worry about the space time continuum
0: (laughs) And, you know, sometimes when you find out the origin of things, it loses its magic.
1: Exactly.
0: Exactly. So, you're wearing the producer hat. You're also wearing a writer hat and a director hat. Mm -hmm. And the other... Hats you're going to try on for animal Oh, characters?
1: yeah. I mean, yeah, it, I'm, I'm, I'm also the art director. I'm also. I mean, I might even do a voice. Um, I mean, you know, when it's your own movie, you know, you're, and, and, and again, it is a smaller budget, so it's not like I have a huge um, cast of people. Um, you know, there's, there's a picture of uh, on Facebook uh, that one of the producers posted you know, with the team, you know, at least the, the Los Angeles team. And it's Carter, who's the character designer. We have Carter. We have Mike Kunkel, who's head of story. We have Dean Laurie, who's co-writer. We have Tony Bancroft who's co-director. Um, we have Jamie, who's producer and voice casting and directing. And that's it. You know, we have, um, you know, we have George and we have Marcus, who are the um, producers. But that's it. You know, there's, there's so there's there's a lot there's a lot that has to be done in a movie yet there's really a very small uh, team. uh the rest of the team, uh Natalie and Jaime out in uh, Spain, are handling all the day to day and I'll be flying back and forth between Nashville and Spain and Nashville and los angeles and um, so I'll be handling the budget i'll be handling the scheduling i'll be handling all of that you know and and, I, and, and it's nothing I haven't been doing for the last fourteen years it's It's just I'm finally getting to do it with a decent paycheck and uh, on my own project, so it's it's um it's a good thing. I'm not really concerned about the production is the easy part. Getting it to production was the hard part. Mm. Um, Dealing with lawyers, dealing with um, bonding companies and financiers and all of that stuff that was the most grueling thing um, for 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 an introvert for an artist. To, to deal with. The production, that's a piece of cake. Uh, I, 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 it'll be a vacation for the next two years. Or actually 18 months. It'll be just a vacation.
0: What's a bonding person do?
1: Well, a bonding company insures uh, the, the film. It's called a completion bond. And um, what they do is your investors are going to come in because all of our investors are private investors. So say someone puts up a million dollars, and they want to make sure that that million dollars doesn't just disappear. Well, a bonding company will ensure that the, co- that the film will be completed. And um, so they will charge you, I think it's 4% of your of your budget. So let's say you have like a $10 million budget, because it's easy to work with that number. You would get a, you pay them $400,000. And for $400,000, they will ensure that the film, no matter what, if you run out of money, if you're late, whatever it is, that if they have to, they will take it out of your hands, they will send it off to China or India or someplace cheap, and they will get the movie finished at least. So that way, somehow, the investors can recoup their money by selling it direct-to-DVD or whatever it might be. So it's a it's a it's a good backup plan for investors. It makes them feel more comfortable. You're not yeah, going so.
0: to um, fall into the predicament of the thief and the cobbler, are you?
1: No, no. I mean, I, I, I that if I remember the thief and the cobbler correctly, he was a perfectionist. Yeah. He, you know, he and again, that that was my thing is, is that, I, and I've explained it to everybody. Um, like when I talked to Carter, and and you know, from someone like Carter's point of view. And I say, Carter, I'm hiring you because you have talent. I'm not going to micromanage you. I'm going to give you a couple suggestions of where I'd like to go with the designs, and I'm just going to let you run. Go and design all the characters, uh, you know, um, give me some options. I'll tell you what I like, whatever. But we are not going to sit for the next six months tweaking a character because it's just not feeling right. Nope. I'm hiring you because you're one of the best talents and the world, and I trust you. I trust your talent, and I trust your vision. Same thing with the voice, voice acting. You know, when we sit down with the actors, um, I'm gonna, you know, I wrote the script, so I'm gonna have an idea of what I want. I'll tell it to Jamie. Jamie will tell it to the to the actors. But if the actors ad lib what you want them to, and they have fun with it, I'm gonna trust them. That's why they're. That's why we hired them. Um, same thing with the animators. Same thing with everything else. And I think the micromanaging is what kills most. Most films, you know, it's just, you know, um, I think you, as long as you're not working with interns, you know, if you're working with interns and people who have never done things before, you have to micromanage them. But when you're working with the top talent, you let them do what they do best. You know, you, you don't tell them what to do. You just share, share the same vision and let them do what they love. And um, I think that that's, it, the film is going to be fantastic. It's going to be on time. It's going to be on budget. Um, I mean, it, it can't not because I'm just letting everybody do what they, you know, what they do best.
0: Um, are you going to have any say in the um, vocals? I mean, not the vocal, the soundtrack, like the songs and stuff used in it.
1: Oh, I have say in everything. That's okay. the greatest thing about it. Is, is you know, I I, um, I retained. You know, like like there's there's musicians I want to approach, um, you know. But I'm also already getting musicians thrown at me. Um, you know, it's 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 funny because some of it some of them are country stars, and while I live here in Nashville, I'm not really a country fan. So it's you know it's it's kind of difficult. But I don't think there's too much. Um, uh, demand for glam rock um uh, which is what i grew up on <laughs> back in the 80s so uh you know i i'll have to make some concessions to you know put some pop songs in based on some uh, whoever's hot right now i'm sure
0: so kim will you consider the song um animal crackers in my soup monkeys and rabbit loop the loop by shirley uh animal, you know animal crackers from the shirley temple
1: you know what um I would say it would be a, a cool, ironic thing if we can get someone to do a cover for it. You know, um, I think you know whether it would be Green Day or someone like that. You know, something kind of ironic. I think then, yeah, yeah you know. Uh, but um, you know, I'd, I'd have to. I, I, I mean, I'd have to see what the what the what the rights would be would cost. I mean, like I said, we are a small budget film, but. Have to see what the rights would be and uh, and whatnot, but that is a good that is a good thing to think about.
0: You should um you know how sometimes at the end the, during the credits they have the song that was inspired by it, but then it kind of didn't fit in with the story's narrative, and so they stick the song during the end credits. Yeah, you should yeah. do that, and then have like a rock and roll version, like like maybe death head singing "Animal Crackers" in my soup.
1: I'd like to see if I can get Aerosmith and run DMC to do it, you know? So, uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Or you could um, try to get Justin Bieber or one of those other yeah. flash-in-the-pan people.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure we can. Uh, my uh, Jamie has got a, uh, a thing for, um, uh, oh, what is her name? Um, the country country singer out here. The young one,
0: Carrie Underwood.
1: No, younger. She. Uh, she got interrupted at the at the Grammy oh, or Taylor whatever. Swift. Taylor, Taylor Swift.
0: Taylor Swift. Yeah.
1: Yes. So uh, he's got to think. So uh, I'm sure I'll have. To. She's. I, she, I think she lives out here in Franklin. So I think we'll have to contact her. I. I you know, I have so many family members who are already writing music for me. And I have, um, you know, a good half a dozen uh, voice actors who are, you know, family members. Uh, unfortunately, I have a very large family, and uh, all of them are, have talent. So it, it will be a family affair. I'm going to make... You know, even, even my 11-year-old are going, I got a part in the movie, right, Dad? You're not even interested in acting. Yeah, but I want to be... I want to play a puppy dog. Can I be a puppy dog? Okay, I'll find a something for you, you know.
0: Uh, um, they come out of the woodworks, don't they?
1: Yeah, yeah. But you know what? The thing is... is I say um, open it up to as many people as we can and uh, see what we can do. Um, Everybody needs a chance, and everybody um, could use a break. So as much as I can do on this film, I will. And, of course, hopefully there will be another one. So, um, And we'll do what we can.
0: Will this be under the Blue Dream banner?
1: Yeah, it will be Blue Dream Studios Presents and um, probably a couple other smaller little ones too.
0: Um, Have you guys ever been confused for Blue Sky?
1: I don't know you know I-, I would think more often than not people at Blue Sky get confused you know people are like aren't you Blue Dream Studios the guys who do no we did Ice Age you know we did Robots we did Rio come on I think it's probably the other way around yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, let's see when can we expect this movie to come out
1: um, I would say we should be done in 18 months um, so, figure it'll probably be an it, w- it won't be a summer movie. I hope not, but you know, figure you'll know more two years from now. So, 2016 summer. I think we'll look towards the fall of 2016. Um, you know, and you know we're gonna we're gonna have to find a place where you know we're not competing with um, I don't know Frozen two or something like that. You know.
0: Yeah, I know a lot of studios who, I mean, their films were excellent, but it was just because they were overshadowed by one single film that made them lose so
1: much. You know, you you just, you, I mean, the the fortunate thing is there's not, it's not like there's a new animated film every month. So that's that's a good thing. You know, there's probably only four or five major films, animated films. So we just have to find a month where there's no, competition for that, but um, should be fine. I mean, I'm sure there'll be more in 2016 than there are in 2014, but um, you know, it, it'll be good. I mean, that's, like I said, the hard part's over. The next 18 months is just fun, and then uh, you know, when the time comes to figure out all the details of, you know, where, when the movie comes out, you know, all the marketing and stuff, I think at that point I'll, I'll let it go, and I'll, I'll give it to the, the distributor to handle all that.
0: You guys won't distribute. You're going to have to have someone do it for you, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll go through a major studio. Oh,
0: oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. DreamWorks presents a Blue Dream Studio. <laughs> um, blue Sky presents a Blue Dream. <laughs> um.
1: Yeah, we'll make it as confusing as possible. We got Blue Sky and DreamWorks presents Blue Dream Studios. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or Leica Presents, or, or how about this one? Studio Ghibli Presents, for the first time ever. An American movie.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I'd love to tell you more about who the distributor is, but I'll have to do it later when they announce it.
0: Oh, so it's someone, well, um, can you say, would it be someone I would recognize?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a big name.
0: Weinstein. <laughs> Ah, maybe it's Weinstein. I'm stroking my metaphorical beard. <laughs> ah. um, ooh, Lionsgate, maybe.
1: Huh.
0: No, um, I'm not going to get you in trouble. Um, Thank you. This is a question I usually ask everyone. I usually do it at the beginning of an interview, but we'll do it towards the end here. What are some of your favorite animated movies and cartoons?
1: Hmm. Cartoons, uh, Bugs Bunny. Uh, Speed Racer. Um, I gotta look around my room and see what else I'm missing out <laughs> on. Um, you know, uh, Thundercats. I'm looking at all the toys. Uh, I got Thundercats. I got, um, Spider-Man, you know. Uh, Which- and then as far as animated movies, um... You know, um, Bugs Life was a big one for me. Um, Bugs Life and Monsters, Inc. Um, but I, I have to say, uh, when I saw Shrek 2, I said that was the perfect movie. It was, um, taste, comedy, um, just everything was just, the music, everything was just absolutely perfect. I, uh, the whole family laughed and, um. Yeah. If I could if I could emulate anything, it would be that movie. Cool.
0: Um which Spider Man? Do you mean the nineteen seventies, sixties cartoon? Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's 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 what I grew up on and um you know, I had a little Migo Spider Man and um, you know, I I introduced my boys to that and you know, it's just yeah, you know, the animation's horrible, but it's that that you know but but as far as as far as you know, the perfect comedy is, is Bugs Bunny, the Looney Tunes. Um they were just all amazing, you know. I, I, I you know, I learned opera because of you know. I mean I learned about opera because of that, you know, and uh, just perfect. So there's a lot of there's a lot of looney tunes in, in everything I write.
0: Yeah, I've incorporated some of their own gags into my own stuff, and the thing is, is I mean, it's funny, and it works,
1: and it's a
0: universal language, so...
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) So I think I'm going to end this with a question I ask of everybody, other than the one I just gave you. Do you, Scott, Christian Sava, have anything to declare? (laughs) To declare? And it's not customs. Um,
1: I, I, I declare... That at this moment, um, I'm a very content man. I'm making a movie.
0: Awesome. (laughs) Yes, and thank you for not saying that um, you're not going through an airport security thing. I get in that a lot lately, so.
1: (laughs) Well, I do declare that. uh, (laughs) Well, yeah, I believe I have the vapors. No, no, it's. Yeah, I'm 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 a very very happy man, and uh, you know this is uh, uh, you know I hope to hope to talk to you again next year and the year after, and we could you know keep you updated on everything, and I'll give you some more scoops if I can.
0: Sure, thanks. Welcome to the bottom of the Tune In Talk podcast, and. Once more, thank you, Scott Christian Salva for this interview, just to hear some great updates at what is going on with animal crackers. And the same goes to anyone who has just an amazing story like Scott to tell. One more thing that I forgot to mention at the top of the show is the release schedule for the tune and talk podcast. Right now we are looking at doing every Thursday. And if anything were scheduled to change, I will let you know immediately. So, once more, I am your host, Whitney Grace. And if you are interested in contacting me, you can email me at tuneintalk at gmail.com. Or you can connect with me at the show's Twitter, at TuneInTalk, or my own personal Twitter handle, which is at StorySequence. If you are interested in learning more about Scott Christian Salva, Blue Dream Studios, as well as Animal Crackers, and how to contact the wonderful FDAs for all your graphic design needs, I will put all that contact information in the show notes, which will be located at these two addresses. The first one will be at tunantalk.com, and you can also find it At www.fanboynation.com. And as of recording this, I am working on getting Tune and Talk in iTunes as well as Stitcher Radio. So feel free to share and spread the news about Tune and Talk Podcast. And thank you for listening to Episode 2. Episode 3, we will feature a sublime artist and how she uses that to create Disney-inspired art. And now that brings us to the end of episode two of Tune & Talk podcast. Now, if you excuse me, I have to go spend hours and hours translating first primary sources about Lotta Reiniger from German. If you want to help, please send me an email at tuneandtalk@gmail.com. at And while I'm translating... I'll just be snacking on some delicious animal crackers. Animal crackers in my soup. Monkeys and rabbits, loop the loop Gosh, oh gee, but I have fun swallowing animals one by one. In every bowl of soup I see lions and tigers watching me. I make them jump right through
1: a those animal crackers in my soup.